This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 19. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 19. But when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answered I and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we will we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Go back up to 19 for just one second. We're going to look at one phrase there. What is this thing ye do? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. To present the ministry of Bolivia. God, I do pray and ask right now tonight that you would help me, that you'd give me liberty to preach exactly what you have. And God, if there's one person here tonight that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would trust you. God, it'd be a shame for us to go all the way to Bolivia and we have somebody sitting right here that's not saved. Bless now this time in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Turn back over to uh, 2 Kings, if you will. 2 Kings briefly. Keep your place in Nehemiah because we're going to stay in Nehemiah the rest of the time. But I want to go back and I want to give you a little background as to what's taking place you see, in 2 Kings chapter 25 and verse 1 and 2, that's where it explains what's happening over in Nehemiah. And in 2 Kings chapter 25, in verse 1 and 2, And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and all his hosts against Jerusalem, and they pitched against it, and they built forts against it round about. And the city was besieged unto the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. And on the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine prevailed in the city, and there was no bread for the people of the land, and the city was broken up. And all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between the two walls, which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldees were against the city round about, and the king went the way toward the plain. And we're going to skip down to, to verse 9 and 10. And he burnt the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem, and every great man's house burnt he with fire. And all the army of the Chaldees that were with the captain of the guards break down the walls of Jerusalem. About, round about. So, you see we have the reason now, we're going to go back to Nehemiah, so you can go ahead and turn back to Nehemiah. We have the reason for what Nehemiah is about to do. The walls have been broken down. 
And in Nehemiah chapter 1, we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 1. We're going to cover some verses out of, out of Nehemiah chapter 1. In verse 2 and 3. It says that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain of the men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And skip down to verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, <clears throat> as it was, hold on one second here. So we have the message delivered. You see, Nehemiah asked, what was going on back at Jerusalem? He asked. And he was told specifically what all took place. We don't have to ask what God has in, in, um, in our way. If we just open up our hearts and minds we'll get exactly what He has for us. We don't have to ask. But you see, down in verse 4 of Nehemiah chapter 1, And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And, I, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant, and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants. And confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. You see, first of all, Nehemiah, he fasts. He prays. He mourns. When was the last time we did that? For anything. And then after getting close to God, Nehemiah, then he starts asking. We see in verse 6, be attentive. He begs God, I beseech thee. Verse 8 and 9. He says, remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set thy name. You see, he pleads with God. He begs with God. I love it, the fact that we don't have a God that needs reminding. He don't forget. But Nehemiah says, hey, remember? Remember? Do we do that when we pray? Hey, God, remember? Remember this right here? Yeah. 
Nehemiah did that. He said, remember. Go down to verse 11. In verse 11, again, he says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. He's pleading with the Lord over and over again. And after he prays, he's confessing everything. He's confessing the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned, he says. So he wants to clear everything between him and the Lord. You know, when we're going to go and ask God for something, I think the ground needs to be level. We need to have our hearts clean. And he wanted, he wanted nothing between him and God because he's fixing to ask for some stuff. We're going to see the request made in chapter 2, in verse 5. He says to the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me to Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. In verse 7 and 8, Moreover, he didn't even stop with just one request. That's, that's like us, you know, your kids, you know, hey, mom, dad, can I have this? And while I'm getting that, can I go ahead? And, yeah, we, we know that, right? But he's doing that. He's, moreover, I said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given to me, to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come to Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest that he may give me the timber to make the beams for the gates of the palace which pertaineth to the house and for the wall of the city. You see, he, he wanted to go. He wanted to go and he, he wanted to build the walls. But he, he asked not only to go, but hey, I need letters to, to get me through. And hey, while we're at it, I need letters to give to the, to the keeper of the forest for the materials. I don't want anything getting in my way of me building the walls. So he asked for letters from the keeper of the forest. Then we're going to look at the method of survey in chapter 2 and verse 12 through 17. He says, I, And I arose in the night, and some few men with me, Neither I told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley. So returned. You know, if we're going to do something for God, let's get, a, let's get a full view. You see, Nehemiah didn't tell everybody what he was doing. But he got a full view. He went to the one side and he looked. Now, if I just look at one side, I'm going to get one view, right? We've seen all the different photos on Facebook of, a, of, a, a, of different things. 
where you only get one perspective. He then goes over to the other side because he wants that perspective of what's going on. I don't want to do half of the job. Interesting enough, we've never taken a survey trip to Bolivia. We've, took, we've taken eight of them. We've seen what goes on in Bolivia. We've seen the need. Nehemiah, he wanted to see what was going on, how to build the walls, what he needed to do. So he didn't just go at one spot and look. He might have missed something. But then, we're going to see the method to build in chapter 2, in verse 17 and 18. He says, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. You see, it wasn't an I thing. It wasn't a you thing. It was an us thing. They said, let us rise up and build. You know, it didn't take a whole lot of persuasion either. They presented what they were doing, and they said, let us rise up and build. <laughs> he says, then, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. In chapter 3, I kind of like chapter 3 the best. Because we see, then Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren the priest and they builded the sheep gate. And if you look down in verse 2, and next unto him, you see, there's 14 times in chapter 3 where he says, and next unto him, and next unto him, and next unto him, and next unto him. Another 15 times it is said, after him repaired the wall. You see, it wasn't just one person doing it. It was the guy next to him. It was the other guy next to him. And if we're going to do anything in Bolivia, we need you. We need you to be the guy next to us on the wall building. You might not be able to be there physically with us, but you can be with us there praying. Can you not? The method of protection in chapter 4. In verse 7 and 8, you see it came to pass that when Sambalit and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard the walls of Jerusalem were made up, 
and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth, and they conspired, all of them together, to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer. <laughs> we made our prayer to our God, and we set a watch against him. You see, although they, although they had the opposition coming, they knew who their trust was in. They knew who they could rely on. And their trust and reliance was on God. They couldn't get discouraged. They stayed on track. They stayed focused with what they were doing. They had a mission. And if we look down in, in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 16 and 18, and it came to pass from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both spears and shields and the bows and the habergons and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which built the house, or they which built it on the wall and they that bear the burdens with those that laden every one of his work wrought in the work with the other hand and held a weapon. Hey, I don't know how this all works. I don't know if you've tried to build something while holding a cup of coffee or something like that, but I can't do that. I'd spill the coffee. But they were ready. One person was working while the other ones were standing guard. Or they were holding their weapon in one hand and they were working with the other hand. They were ready. You see, when, when, the, when the devil's attacking you, you need to have your weapon with you. Because if you don't, you're not going to finish very strong. And here, they weren't letting anything get them discouraged. They were standing ready. They had their weapons, and they were ready. In Nehemiah chapter 6, in Nehemiah chapter 6, in verse 2, And Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ona." But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent unto the messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sword. If you think the devil's going to try to just stop at one thing, to stop you at doing what you're doing for God, guess again. Oh, if you'll stop at a sniffle and not come to church because you got a sniffle, that's all he has to use next week. But if you take a stand and just go ahead and come to church, well, next time he can't use that because he knows you're not going to give in. They were trying to distract him. But he wouldn't do it. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. So the wall was finished in the 20th and 5th, 5th day of the month. The wall was finished. How did they do the work? Remember back in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 20? The God of heaven, He will prosper us. 
You see, we have people all the time asking us questions about why we do what we do. We have a reason. You see, Jesus died on the cross for us. We have a reason. You know, Nehemiah asked, what, what's going on? And he got an answer as to what, what happened back in Jerusalem. The walls being broke down. We don't have to ask. We have it. You see, they, they, they tried to distract Nehemiah four times, four more times, to get him off the wall. Interesting thing. They asked him once, and they tried to distract him four more times. Our message has been delivered five times. Mark, or Matthew 28, 19, go ye. Mark 16.15, go ye. Luke 14.23, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Acts 1.8, ye shall be witnesses. John 20.21, 20, even so, send I you. Why is it that what we do? Why is it that we're going to Bolivia? Because people need to hear the gospel. People need to hear 3.9 million people in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. We're going to go and help build the walls of churches around Santa Cruz. By the way, the next property that we're working on was bought this past month. We're going to help build the wall of churches. That way people can hear the gospel message. There's no age limit on it. Nobody told me there was an age limit on being a missionary. When was the last time you said, Lord, use me? I didn't say when was the last time you said, Lord, I'm willing. He has enough willing people. When was the last time we said, Lord, I'll go. You send me, I'll go. Maybe you haven't said that because he might call your bluff. But let me just say this. God doesn't want everybody to be a pastor. He might not call you to be a pastor. He might not call you to be an evangelist. He might not call you to be a missionary. He just might want you to be faithful. Because that's an encouragement to our pastor. We need to pray for our pastor. We need to pray for our church. When was the last time we mourned and, and grieved and, and, and prayed and fasted and everything for what we have right here? Don't say, Lord, I'm willing. Say, Lord, I'll go. He may never send you to a foreign country. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to send me to a foreign country either. Try learning another language at 57 years old. <laughs> See how that works out for you. There's 3.9 million people in, South, in, in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. We're going. We're going, and we're going to build the walls. The method of Nehemiah was we will build the walls. Remember I said there's 14 times. 14 times and next unto him. Another 15 times was... And then built he. 
Are you going to help us? Are you going to help us? Who's going to help us? Who's going to be the next ones on the wall? We can't do it on our own. Oh, sure, we're going to try, and with God's help, we can. But who's going to help us? Who's going to be the next one on the wall? Who is going to be the next unto them, and the next unto them, and the next unto them? We need God's help if we're going to do anything for Christ. Hey, you know, I said it before, it'd be a terrible thing for us to be standing up here and say, help us go to Bolivia and there'd be somebody in here that has never heard the gospel message or has never trusted Christ as your Savior. That's the first step right there. We need to reach people right here. You see, being a church member is not going to get you to heaven. You can come to church all your life because your mom and dad did, and that is not going to get you to heaven. You see, the Bible says, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. That got all of us. That got you. That got me. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We all would have to pay for that if we don't trust Christ as our Savior. But God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a free gift. Would you be one that says, I'm not saved, but I want to be today? Hey, Jesus paid the penalty for you and for me. It's pretty simple. For with the heart, mouth believes unto righteousness, and with, with the heart, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am so glad that as a 12-year-old boy, I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I was whosoever... I can remember the pastor saying, he, he, he was sitting down next to me and he was walking through the Roman roads with me. And I trusted Christ as my Savior. Will you call upon him tonight? Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.